Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I am your host as always, David Cowart. Thank you guys so, so much for taking time out of your day <clears throat> to listen to what this guy has to say. It means so much, guys. It really, really does. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Uh, emotional, physical, whatever. <laughs> your support matters. Thank you, guys. Um, you know, the show is... Uh, the show is the show, and, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, definitely reach out. Um, you know, let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, so this weekend, The Matrix re-released in Dolby in theaters. Um, and uh, Dolby is like IMAX, but better, uh, more more awesome, more speakers, more sound, more better image because Dolby has laser projectors so it's all in all a better better experience and um so yeah I was super excited I went and saw The Matrix when it first came out in theaters back in 1999 I was there opening weekend and I remember just being blown away by this movie because it was just so um so incredible it was it was filmed the film techniques I mean they're so overly common now that like everybody uses them but back then you know they were breaking ground on everything most of most of the matrix movies were actually filmed on sets there was very little actual um real life uh you know out in the real world stuff that was that was filmed um you know a lot of it was sets as a matter of fact one of the scenes that it's probably the most noticeable where you actually can tell it's a set is the um the first chase scene while they're chasing um where they're chasing trinity across the rooftops and the one where the cop like jumps and he he doesn't quite make it and he lands on the edge of the building and has to climb himself up if you look at that that split second when he hits the the ledge the whole wall shakes and obviously I don't care how big you are, if you jump up against the brick building, uh, you're not going to cause the wall to shake. So it's a very quick scene. They cut right away. They want to show him hitting the wall, but since there was no way to film that without the whole wall shaking when he landed on it, they they just showed him hitting split second of wall shake, and then they cut to a different camera view to try and cover that up. Um, not that that's a big deal. It's just really one of those little things I noticed, uh, cause I noticed like little nonsensical details like that. Um, you know, so just part of my OCD, I guess, but watching it in Dolby, I was just really blown away and I hadn't watched the matrix in 4k or HDR, any of that stuff. Um, I have it on my Apple TV, 4K, and everything. I just hadn't watched it yet, because I've seen the movie several hundred times at least since 1999. It was one of those movies I just kept going back and re-watching and re-watching, and, you know, I'd go back and re-watch them from now on time and time again. But, you know, since I got my new Apple TV and they upgraded us to, uh, you know, all of our movies on iTunes went to 4K when uh, Apple decided to do that for all of their their customers that had a uh, 4K Apple TV. Um, 
you know, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it since then. Um, but a lot of little things I noticed that I didn't notice before when watching it in Dolby. And then of course I went home and, uh, turned it on in 4k on my television and saw the same things is like, for instance, when they're running the trace on the telephone numbers at the beginning of the, the beginning of the movie, um, you can actually see like light gray minuscule matrix code running behind the actual uh, numbers and it's amazing to see you know what uh, you know what he uh, you know little details that you would have never knew were actually there you know and of course I'm one of those like when it comes to seeing something in such detail seeing the little things like the hairs on people's arms and the uh you know the th the the fibers the torn fibers of like when Morpheus and Agent Smith are fighting the torn fibers of of their um clothing and uh like the little minuscule nuanced details um like the the fight scene in the uh in the uh, lobby, you know, the the iconic scene with Trinity and Neo going through the lobby of the building to get to Morpheus and all of that um, was just incredible. Uh, the one thing that I noticed that I thought was a little bit odd, which the Wachowskis actually, they commented on this and they did this on purpose, um, <clears throat> was that everything in the Matrix had a little bit of a greenish tinge to it where it was kind of like an old school CRT monitor where it had that greenish coloration to it and it seemed to not be as pronounced in the in the um high definition you know super high definition i mean it was there a little bit but didn't seem to be as pronounced as what you know what i'm used to when i cuz i mean heck when i first bought this movie i think i bought it on VHS um, if I remember correctly, and, um, yeah, that's how, that's how long ago it was, and, uh, you know, just crazy to think that that was, you know, when I bought it, and then I remember getting it on DVD, I want to say I had it on, I can't remember what it came out first, it was HD DVD, I think I got it on HD DVD, because I bought an HD DVD player, because the dang studios couldn't decide whether they wanted to to back um hd dvd or blu-ray and so i bought it on h uh I, when i bought my hd dvd player um it came with a promotion to get 10 free movies and i was like well heck i don't know what to buy um but i primarily bought hd dvd because serenity which is by far probably one of my top 10 favorite science fiction films of all time just because I'm a huge fan of the Firefly series and I mean the the whole mythos and 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 everything around that um it was only available in HD DVD at the time uh they were backing HD DVD um which of course the end all beat all for Blu-ray came in two, two uh, lightning punches that cemented that Blu-ray was going to be the 
the uh, choice of everyone in America and, and the rest of the world, uh, number one was every PS3 had a Blu-ray player built into it. So if somebody bought their kid a PlayStation, they got a Blu-ray player free, and so that gave that put that into tens of millions of homes, uh, you know, and eventually over the course, I think it sold like 250 million units, uh, you know, had Blu-ray players in them, you know, throughout the course of the PlayStation's life cycle, and probably high on that number, but it, it, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. The other deciding factor is in Las Vegas when they have the uh, National Pornography Convention or whatever, I don't know what it's called exactly, but when everybody gets together and the, the porn industry uh, filmmaking uh, convention that they have in Las Vegas, they decided they were going to back Blu-ray because it offered more storage and... Um, and uh, better fidelity for their films so they obviously wanted to go with the better option which is actually one of the reasons why VHS won against Beta uh, it was the same situation they decided it was easier to fit a you know movie on a VHS tape and that was going to be the easiest way to get those VHS tapes in the hands of their clients or those you know those movies in the hands of their clients so um, so those two really cemented that Blu-ray was going to win the, uh, the war of media formats. And usually Sony wins those anyway, for the most part. So, except for Beta. Beta was their one loss. But for the most part, a lot of times, Sony actually comes out on top. So, it's, uh, not a normal thing for them to lose. I mean, you think about, like, floppy disks. Sony created the floppy disk. So, um, you know, very, uh, you know, they, they, they've created a lot of media throughout the years. And then there's some stuff they started creating and then passed off. They actually started creating CDs and then they gave that technology to Philips, um, and let them, let them create it. So, you know, it just really depends on, I guess, what they thought was going to do well. I don't know. Um, Another interesting thing I saw today, which was, uh, you know, was, was kind of funny uh, and odd, and I've heard about this, I just didn't realize I'd actually see it. Apparently, cassette tapes are making a massive comeback. So, for whatever reason, people are actually getting into buying cassette tapes. And it's really kind of funny because... You know, it's cassette tapes are a um, are not like records. You know, they'll deteriorate over time, and they won't work anymore. You know, plain and simple. You know, so it's kind of like why are they coming back? Because once a cassette tape kind of loses its ability and and the tape actually degrades it's not coming back it's not going to be um useful it's going to be a piece of junk basically um and i actually saw a cassette boombox at best buy 
I was like, why is this here? What is this thing's purpose? <laughs> and it was like $120 or something. It was outrageously expensive. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. Not something you'd expect to see at anywhere in the 21st century. But I did just watch The Matrix in theaters. So, sure, you know, <laughs> why not? It could happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, sure enough, it, it, uh, it was there. I was surprised, but, you know, I guess it makes, uh, makes a lot of sense, you know, for someone, for those people that are collecting cassette tapes. But like I said, it's not like a record where it could last for 40 or 50 years. It's quite literally going to... Uh, it's going to be destroyed. It's going on just from time. Time's going to destroy it. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop that. And that's really odd. Um, you know, it's not like a CD. I mean, even a CD, the average shelf life for a CD uh, nowadays, I want to say it's like 10 to 15 years. Um, that's the That's the maximum expected life um you know for for a CD and uh um you know you just wouldn't think that you know people I mean CDs haven't completely went out of style you know people still use them because they're a last form of physical media um, but I haven't. I've bought a couple CDs, mostly to support the artist. You know, like local artists or small artists or, you know, people who are just starting out. Because I do, I am into like a lot of um, indie, you know, type music. Um, or, or, well, not so much indie, but just smaller groups. And so I like to support people's stuff, but, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting to see, you know, that the uh, cassettes are coming back. You know, that was, that was kind of unusual. As a matter of fact, I'll probably use the picture I took of the, of the boombox as the picture for this particular episode, just because it's so random and odd, something to see, but... Um, but yeah, like I said, the detail in the Matrix was just phenomenal. I mean, you know, I was sitting there with my OCD, like, looking at everything, like, oh, I can see, like, the hairs on the back of their neck and on their arms, and, you know, I can see, you know, the, the loose threads on the suit, and, you know, these little details here and there, and, you know, it was just really phenomenal to see the, uh, the level of detail that was there um you know so when i came back home as soon as i had an opportunity to i cranked up my apple tv and then i made sure all the 4k settings were turned on because i had never actually went in there and messed with anything because when i first got the apple tv i didn't have a 4k television so i never went in and turned on all that stuff and i haven't had a chance to really watch too much since i got my 4k tv so I turned on everything. I turned on HDR. I turned on 4K. I turned on the whole ball of wax. Everything cranked up to the max. Um, and then kicked off the Matrix. 
and sure enough, all those little minute details. I didn't watch the whole movie again because I just watched it, but all of those little minute details were there. And I was like, holy crap, I've never noticed any of this. And like I said, first time I watched it was in 1999. I watched it in the theater. Um, and it was pure, it was pure 35 millimeter, but the quality, you know, it was a, it was, first of all, it was an ancient projector. It was an old Regal movie theater, uh, in Gastonia. It was a four screen movie theater and it had been there longer than we have. Uh, that was the movie theater we went and watched. Just about every movie was that movie theater, um, when I was a kid, you know, that was the, if we wanted to, if my parents were going to take us out to the movies, uh, me and my sister, that was where we went. So those projectors were probably, you know, 20 plus years old easily by the time I watched The Matrix. The screen was not that high a quality because I doubt they had probably replaced the screen in God knows how long. Um, you know, the sound wasn't that great because the speakers were probably older than I was. So it was a subpar experience, you know, compared to, you know, I didn't know what I was missing back then because none of us did, you know. I mean, when IMAX came out, everybody was like, what is this? And Dolby's even more um, detailed because it's laser projection instead of light projection. So you're getting a crisper image because it's being projected via lasers versus uh, light. So you're getting a more detailed, more... Um, you know, crisp image, uh, darker colors, richer colors, more black, black, you know, higher contrast ratio, all that stuff to the extreme. Um, so, you know, little things that I noticed when I watched it 20 years ago, I was noticing completely new things that I never even saw. Um, you know, and it was, it was just phenomenal, you know, the, the, the amazing difference. Um, and that was the first time I've ever had that experience. Um, you know, I've, I've, this is the first time I remember actually a movie coming out in theaters again that I watched when I was younger, you know. Um, I mean, aside from like the Lion King, you know, animated uh, you know, that came out for its, what, 10 year anniversary or something like that, and went to watch that with my wife, um, and I watched it initially in theaters, but as far as movies go, um, that was the first movie I'd seen re-released, and especially in a higher format, too, because when we watched Lion King, that wasn't like a 4K release or anything like that, that was just the re-release of it in theaters so so yeah it was it was definitely an interesting experience it was like it was almost in a way like watching it for the first time because I could see things that I'd never saw before you know and uh hear and feel things that I never heard or felt before because <coughs> the uh Dolby also has speakers and subwoofers in the seats so you feel the audio all around you and then of course you literally feel the audio when 
when there's gunshots or heavy bass or you know the sounds of the engines of the of the hovercraft things like that you feel all that because your seat's shaking and you're hearing it around you like you're actually there um so it's definitely a completely totally different experience and you know i was impressed you know you don't usually come out and go into a re-release of a movie it's not like the rock horror picture so picture show where it comes out every year and everyone's like yeah, you know, we do this every year. It's like a tradition. I mean, I walked out of this thing and, like, this was, like, a totally... Some, this was, like, something new, um, you know, in a way. And, uh, you know, so that was that was amazing. You know, I was very impressed. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, at some point in the future, getting to see some other films. Uh, because 35mm is pure. The reason why movies don't come out looking as good as they do in theaters or you know or things like that is because they have to compress them you know film is pure it's what the lens sees the you know the viewer sees uh assuming that you've got good quality equipment to project it which like i said the theater i watched the matrix at initially did not because it was ancient and of course now it's a carmax so um you know, I definitely can't watch any movies there anymore. And they just sold their theater in uh, my town. And they're building another Regal Theater uh, somewhere else. So, um, I don't know if that's going to be better or worse or whatever. And, of course, I don't really go to Regal Theaters because my wife uh, doesn't work for them. So, um, but anyway, at least they'll probably have newer projectors and stuff. So, it might be a better experience going forward. So, that'll be good. But anyway, um, at the time, they obviously didn't have that really nice equipment. So, you know, you didn't see all those little details. But 35mm, the reason why movies don't look as good when they come to VHS is they have to compress it down to fit. You know, the size, it, it just, you know, uh, you know, they have to compress the image down from a piece of 35mm to that teeny tiny little VHS strip um with dvds they had to compress the video file down from you know 40 50 gigabytes down to four gigabytes to fit on a dvd or you know if it was a dual layer uh seven or eight um with blu-ray they had to compress down to 25 gigs i think was the initial blu-ray and now they've got double uh, so they've got 50 gigs, which is pretty much uncompressed. Um, so, you know, they've had to... They've had to create technology to bring things up to the standard of what pure signal is. And, um, you know, so that's why... You know, it's, it's sort of like going back and watching a movie, like an old movie, and seeing it back, you know, it's in four four by three, you know, format, and you're like, oh, this is terrible, you know, because it doesn't fit to the widescreen on my television, because back then televisions were all square, and now they're all rectangles. So, you know, like, I cringed when I started playing my PlayStation Classic on... 
on the TV because I was like, oh, this is terrible. It's square and I've got a you know rectangular TV. Um, you know, going back and playing some of those old classic RPGs on my television, I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. My TV's making it look ugly. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it's definitely been interesting going back, you know, down memory lane and some of that stuff because you don't you know not every not everything ages well not everything ages extremely well you know some things just go back and you're like oh god did I actually think this was good back in the day and uh you know like going back and playing like the original Gran Turismo which in its time when Gran Turismo first came out it was groundbreaking there was no other games that looked that good even on PC at the time um, as far as racing games went, you know, that was the most detailed, most customizable, you know, everything that it had, nothing else had that level of detail to it. Um, and that, that level of graphic, you know, realism, but going from that to, um, you know, Gran Turismo Sport, you know, it's you know, ridiculously ugly, you know, in comparison, you know, I mean, there's more pixels in one car on Gran Turismo Sport than there are on the entire game of the original Gran Turismo, as far as, uh, um, I mean, not pixels, uh, polygons, more polygons in Gran Turismo, in one car in Gran Turismo Sport than there probably are in the entire game of Gran Turismo put together. So, You know, when it comes to stuff like that, you know, that's all manufactured. So they they can't upscale that, you know, as easily as they can a movie where they actually had to downscale it to make it fit on a VHS tape, where they had to downscale it to make it fit on a on a DVD, an early Blu-ray disc, or to play on, you know, old CRT-style television monitors and stuff like that or old projection TVs which I actually saw one of those a guy was hauling I guess they were moving their stuff they had like a grill and um, a refrigerator and a couple other things and then an old school huge like you know people could fit in size um, <clears throat> projection TV and I was like, wow, that's, I mean, I've never had one like that, because quite frankly, I couldn't afford them. The first TV I had that was a huge, kind of huge, was a DLP, um, and it was tiny. It was only maybe, well, I mean, it was about as tall as, I mean, the normal screen, it was only maybe four or five inches taller than the actual, you know, on top of the screen height, uh, and it was only maybe a deep so it wasn't that big it was it was it was a 62 inch and I remember paying $1,800 for it back in the day when I got it and it was cutting edge it was it was 1080p you know it was uh, it was something and then uh, I remember it it frustrated me because I couldn't play guitar hero anymore um, 
on my I had it on PlayStation 2 and I had to get Guitar Hero for PlayStation 3 because on PlayStation 2 when it upscaled to my TV it actually caused lag and of course with a game a music rhythm game where you have to keep on the exact beat of what's being played if what's showing on the screen is lagging you can't actually play the game you you'll miss every single note because what the game is actually at and what you're actually seeing on screen is in a totally different place so when I got it on PS3 it it fixed the scaling issue and of course I was able to play Guitar Hero again um, I did not enjoy the fact I had to spend an extra 70 bucks on to get it but it was a fun game Guitar Hero was awesome I'd still love to go back and play it now I probably need to track down an old copy of it and a PS3 and maybe I can play it again because I did enjoy playing it. Um, it was one of those games where my friends would come over, oh, you got Guitar Hero? And we'd all sit down and play um, through some songs and just see who can get the highest score, you know? So uh, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> it was definitely one of those party games for sure. And, uh, yeah, so definitely enjoyed that. Um, I'm getting all nostalgic now after traveling back to the 90s for uh, for The Matrix. You know, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, Guitar Hero. Whoa, cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a fun game. But, yeah, I remember when I got my first big screen TV. Because I went from a 32-inch um, to a 62-inch and uh you know just remembering how massive that was and how much lighter it was because my 32 inch tv weighed about 80 or 90 pounds um and my 62 inch weighed 50 pounds so i had to get help lowering my 32 inch tv off of my stand that i had for it and i was actually able to pick the 62 inch up by myself and put it back onto my stand um which i had an old uh dresser that um, I'd actually modified. I'd cut some of the panels off of it and had my consoles on the actual in the actual drawers and then I had holes drilled in the back to run the cables through. My subwoofer fit in one of the side panels um, you know where you, I don't know where you keep your shoes or something because it was an odd kind of an odd compartment um, but yeah I had my subwoofer in it and I had my stereo and my Xbox, original Xbox, and my PS2 and my PS3 and um, my GameCube in it, <laughs> and yeah, um, and it was it was it was a cool setup. And then uh, when that TV finally died, ish. I got another DLP TV that was 65 inches, um, and it started getting a chronic problem where the lamp would go out in it, and I wasn't 100% sure that the lamp was the problem. I thought maybe something was burning out the lamp, because I was having to replace the lamp every, like, once a year, and I knew I wasn't putting that kind of hours on it. So I was like, okay, I think this thing's actually dying out. Um, 
and so we ended up that's why we ended up this uh this year getting the uh 4k you know flat panel uh oled led 75 inch tv and love that thing it's it's great you know it's beautiful playing playing uh, playstation 4 and 4k and hdr looks incredible uh when when detroit become human came out and the menu screen popped up with the the ai on it i was just like oh my god you know when i turned on gt sport for the first time i was like this is what I've been missing. Holy crap! You know, it was amazing how crisp everything looked. Cause I had played my PS4 on my, on my older, you know, my DLP TV, my 65 inch, and going from that to the 4K TV was a stark contrast. Um, you know, cause I have the PS4 Pro, so you know it was definitely a massive upgrade, and I it was a noticeable upgrade too. So, um, that was really cool. But yeah, and then of course now the uh, they've got the instead of the OLEDs, uh, LG just released their NanoCell TVs, which look incredible. Um, though of course I'm not going to rush out and buy one when this TV dies. I'll get another one. That's kind of how I do it. Because if I kept buying a new TV every time a new technology came out, I'd pretty much have a new TV every three or four years. Um, but I figure let the nano cell technology kick in, let the 8K TV start kicking in where they start dropping in price. Yeah, because like I said, for my 62 inch, I paid around 1800 bucks for it. For my 75 that I just got, uh, was I think a little bit under a grand, um, for it. You know, it was on sale for, uh, um, can't remember what it was Memorial Day yeah I think it was Memorial Day that's the one in May or something yeah Memorial Day <laughs> so yeah that so was on sale for like nine fifty or nine seventy something like that so you know let the technology come down in price let it become more common because it's not like even if I had an 8K TV, there's not that much uh, content that you can actually watch in 8K anyway. So, what am I going to be gaining by having a $3,000, $4,000 television when I don't have anything that can actually be played on it that'll show off how good the television actually is outside of the demo reel that you can play on the TV? Which, if I wanted to watch that, I could just go go to Best Buy and stare at the TV for 10 minutes and be like, okay, yep, I saw the demo reel. Cool. That's 8K. Awesome. You know? That's the only thing I could watch, so why spend money for that when I can watch it for free? But we'll see. Um, yeah. So, still playing Battle Chasers. Um still streaming when I can um, still working a ton of overtime so Tariq actually messaged me after the last episode and was like yeah if you're playing to be a casual player you probably wouldn't be good for you to play World of Warcraft unless your hours get cut back to where you could actually spend time in World of Warcraft actually playing it and uh, that made a lot of sense 
So I thanked him for that for sure. So I was like, yeah, there's no point in me even downloading this nonsense because I don't have time to play it. I'm working 12, 13, 14 hour days every day, except for on Saturday and Sunday on my days off. So, uh, so yeah, when am I going to have time to do this again? I'm not. So that'll save me 15 bucks a month. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Final Fantasy VIII comes out on Tuesday. So I'll be kicking off my uh, download of that on my PS4 and my Xbox Tuesday or Monday night or whenever. Whenever they actually allow the download to kick off. Um, I actually bought it on both systems, just quite frankly, because it's my favorite game. So I was like, might as well have it on both. I can play it anywhere I'm at in the house, because I've got the TV in my den, which my Xbox One's hooked up to, and I've got the TV in the living room that my PS4's plugged into, you know. And like I said, it's my favorite RPG. So, yeah. You know, definitely support it. And I wish they'd come out with a physical release. I'd gladly purchase a physical copy of that. Um, I don't know why Squaresoft isn't. But, you know, I'll take what I can get at this point. So I'm excited for that. And yeah, for the most part, just been just been surviving. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm really, really freaking tired. Um, you know, I'm sleeping whenever I can obviously and I'm getting plenty of sleep but it's just the 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 rigor of the schedule my body's just not used to that yet so I've got to build up to it I'm starting to be less tired week after week with these hours um you know it's starting to get to the point where I'm getting used to it getting built up to it but you know for the most part um, I'm not quite there yet. I felt stronger last week than I did the week before at the end of the week. So, you know, I know it's, it's that muscle, that, that schedule is getting built up in me and I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm used to it. It's just, uh, just going to take time. Um, and I'm looking forward to my vacation in a couple weeks. So just have a week of you know, nothing, <laughs> just the wife and I were supposed to have stuff planned, and then she's getting sent off for training that same week, and I was like, well, it's kind of silly to cancel my vacation, because just because she's not going to be here doesn't mean I still don't need some time off to relax, so I went ahead and kept my vacation anyway, and, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be home to take care of the cats, and get some stuff done around the house which the nice thing about the job I'm working on right now I'm able to do that from home so I've been getting some stuff done around the house anyway you know and have like find myself with a 15 or 20 open minutes I might go do the dishes or put the Roomba somewhere and let it run you know clean up here or there collect some trash take it outside stuff like that things that I normally don't have a chance to do when I'm you know, working and then having to come home, um, you know, and run around to get all the kinds of, you know, the important, the really important stuff. Because, quite frankly, my floor being vacuumed is not 
as high a priority to me as, like, you know, making sure I've eaten, making sure the cats have food, you know, making sure the garbage is taken up, you know, so it gets actually gets picked up by the trash people on, on Fridays, stuff like that. So there's certain things that, you know, I kind of have to do that are normal things you have to do. So, you know, having a time to actually get the little stuff done too that I've kind of left by the wayside because I haven't had the time and the energy at the same place. It's it's nice, you know, it's good. So definitely, you know, looking forward to that and, um, you know, being able to think through things a little bit more, get some stuff done, put stuff together, just generally be able to, you know, live a bit, little bit more life, you know, in that regard, you know, because at one point I was getting to the point where I was like, you know, if I make a little bit more money, I could probably just hire a maid to come in once a week and clean the house and keep it straight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not exactly the, the Duke of Earl or anything like that, but, um, you know, when you're so busy that you're like, I might need to hire a, a maid, you know, you're, you're obviously running a little bit too much. So, so yeah. Um, but at any rate, you know, that's just been kind of it. It's been kind of a nostalgic type week, you know. I was I've been excited ever since I heard The Matrix was coming out in Dolby when my wife told me about it and getting to go see it today. It's just it's been amazing. It's it's literally been like just crazy to think that it's been 20 years, you know. I mean, <laughs> That in in and of itself, you know, just because it's kind of like, has it been that long? You know, and then you're like, well, yeah, it is 2019. Uh, the movie came out in 1999. Yeah, that's 20 years. So, it made me feel old. In a way. Especially, like I said, considering I, was, I saw it when it, the opening weekend it came out. And then, again, <clears throat> I'm seeing it the opening weekend it come out you know, 20 years later, so, um, you know, definitely interesting, but I'm kind of rambling on here, and, uh, you know, I've been talking for, wow, 43 minutes, so, hey, <clears throat> thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and listening, um, it's been exciting, it's been an adventure, I hope you guys are enjoying this adventure with me, um, as always, check out, you know, if you haven't already or if you're not, check out Tariq's show, Morningstar Journal with Tariq. Um, he is an amazing podcaster. I can easily see him growing this show and becoming someone who's like an authority on, you know, those, those uh, science fiction things that get overlooked or missed, video games, movies, books um and going so in depth with them so you know i'm i'm a huge fan of his show i can't wait till the next time i get to be on his show when we talk about 
the Aliens franchise. And, uh, yeah. So, from me to you guys, as always, Car Thoughts out. Do you think all coffee companies are the same? Are you sick of companies misusing their donations? Tattered Beans is different. Tattered Beans is a veteran-owned coffee company that donates a portion of all sales directly to veterans, active duty military, and first responders. From each $12 bag of coffee sold, Tattered Beans donates $4 directly to the profile the customer chooses. Sign up today at submit.tatterbeans.com. Purchase coffee and support those who lay their lives on the line at tatteredbeans.com.